This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Today on the TMZ Podcast. Hello and welcome to the TMZ Podcast. I'm Charlie Cotton, and today I'm joined by my good friend and sage legal mind, Derek Kaufman. I don't recall ever saying we were good friends, but... <laughs> and my colleague, Derek Kaufman. Good to see you, Charlie. We've got some uh, legal stories to unpack with you today. Uh, we're going to cover the sort of celebrity element in the Donald Trump indictment. We're going to talk about Tyrese. He's suing Home Depot. Um, which he calls Disneyland. One of the most fun. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, a, a serious lawsuit, but it's also a ridiculous lawsuit. We'll get into it. Yeah, I quite, I mean, it's entertaining at the very least. Yes. Uh, but to begin with, this story about the blind side or just blind side, uh, the movie, uh, it's, it's dominating the internet uh, for all these interesting reasons that change the change how people view the movie now. Uh, this has been a fascinating story that has been developing because this was the ultimate feel-good movie. You remember when it came out, Sandra Bullock wins the Oscar. The movie is sort of saccharine and sweet because Michael Orr, this guy who was an offensive lineman for the Ravens for many years, was essentially brought into this family. I'm, I'm hesitating to use the word adopted because of what's going on in the lawsuit, but the way the movie's presented... He wasn't, he wasn't adopted. He was not adopted. Legally, was not adopted, but the way the movie's presented is... He he was welcomed into this home by these sort of white saviors, the Tui family, uh, and they did want to adopt him and treated him like a son. And that was the whole performance was she took him shopping just like one of her own children and so forth. Uh, Michael Orr is saying, hey, I got nothing from that movie. Zero. The movie ended up grossing over $300 million, a huge success, obviously Oscars uh, and all of that stuff. And Michael Orr is saying, you know what this was? This was a legal document shoved in my face when I had I was going to Ole Miss. And they said, this is a, a way to formalize this relationship so you can go to Ole Miss and be a part of our family. But it's not an adoption. It's a conservatorship. And what do we think of with conservatorships? Britney Spears. I think it was Britney. You think of Britney because conservatorships typically are designed for people who are not of sound mind or body to make decisions themselves. Michael Orr is a healthy young man of full mind, you know, has 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 all of his faculties and can make decisions on his own. So it feels icky. Now, the family, the Tuies, are saying that they got him to sign a conservatorship because he was over the age of 18, so mm -hmm. he couldn't be adopted. And the conservatorship was there so that it would help his chances of getting into Ole Miss because um, obviously NCAA is like strict and that sort of stuff. And the dad, um, who was played by, uh, who was he played by? By Tim McGrath yeah. in the movie. Great performance. Great performance by Tim McGrath. Um, he was he's a booster of the school. He played football there. And so they thought that sort of like, because this guy was a legend at Ole Miss, uh, if he's connected to me, a booster of the school, a well-known guy, because that guy sold his used car dealership or something for several hundred million dollars. Oh, no, no, it was, um, it said fast food. Oh, fast food, I'm sorry, you're right. It was He had fast food chains. He had yes. a bunch of franchises, and he ended up making a ton of money on that. So this is a, not a family that needed extra money, necessarily. So I don't know very much about sort of like how you can go to schools if you're an athlete in America, like a young athlete. Does it make sense that someone might have to be under con a conservatorship in order to pass whatever bar it is to get into that university? You know, I want to reserve judgment on what exactly their motives, but 
Maybe. So if you're a very prominent booster and you want to pull the strings that you're able to pull because yeah. you donated a lot of money to Ole Miss, it would maybe be helpful to say this is a member of my family. Yes. This is not just some kid I want to like uh, sort of a, a recruit out of the ordinary, some third party. This is a, a member of my family. I want to sort of grease the wheels a little bit. And to show you, we've got documents saying he's kind of a member of my family. I make decisions on his behalf. That's what a conservatorship is. So maybe. I also thought they might want to say, look, Michael Orr was entering a world of professional uh, athletics and amateur athletics where there's a lot of like you know scummy agents who could take advantage of a kid yeah. who doesn't have real pa- who doesn't have parents to sort of look out for him so they said we'll step in we'll make sure nobody takes advantage of you so there there are certainly benign and perfectly legitimate reasons to have this kind of instrument in place but when i looked at the the lawsuit that he filed or or the the, the motion in his conservatorship case to terminate it the the provisions say he's not allowed no contract can be signed by Michael Orr without the approval of his conservators. So they're really putting restrictions on right. his ability to go make money for himself without their approval. But so that conservatorship was supposedly in order to get into like the college. Yeah. It, it supposedly had nothing to do with this future movie deal that wasn't even on the radar when the conservatorship was signed. Is and, that and, right? And sure, Michael Orr was already a Baltimore Raven. So this what the movie oh, okay. was conceived as the story. Michael Lewis wrote a book. Michael Lewis is the famous guy who wrote Moneyball and so forth. So it was option. The movie Blindside was option from a Michael Lewis book. Um, and you know the Tuies are saying we didn't make a huge amount of money off they, of. They're this. saying we they made fourteen grand. Fourteen grand. They're saying they're saying there's no and they money. Said Michael got that as well. So uh, the, the guy who wrote the book, Michael Lewis, the guy who wrote the book said, so the Tuies said that from Michael Lewis's share in the movie, the author of the book that the movie is based on, he gave us each 14 grand based on his cut of the movie that was being optioned because it was their life story. And they say Michael Orr, the guy here, the, the football player, got that as well. Michael says he got nothing. So we'll have to see how this plays out factually. But also, Michael says they cut a huge deal where they got a cut of the profits. In, in his in his legal papers, he says there's a $225,000, you know, sort of upfront money, then 2.5% of the money going forward, which would go to the Tuies and their kids mm. because those are their legal heirs and they were also featured in the movie. And he's saying, where's where's my cut? You've used The movie is based on my life story, mm. my likeness, my image, my name. And you guys have cut me out of it. It's a nasty lawsuit. Um, why did it take this long for him to bring this? That's the big mystery. He says he first found out in, in February of 2023 that this was how this was all structured. And he was originally told, uh, didn't really understand that it wasn't a, a true adoption, even though he says the two he said it was a conservatorship. Uh, but they said it was had to be done that way. So I don't know how this all came uh to light for Michael. I, I suspect that maybe a lawyer talked to him and said like, wow, every time we do a contract, I have to go talk to this Tui family. You're a 37 so year old man. Still what under, is con- this? He's thing? still under conservatorship right now. Yeah. They filed documents to terminate it formally. I mean, he's, why aren't there people like outside saying free Michael or oh, with the signs like Brittany people did? I don't think people knew. I, I had always assumed he was adopted uh, consensually because when you're an adult and you're past 18, you can just say, I'd like this family to adopt me. It's sort of like a symbolic gesture. I'm now your mm. son, but you don't have a conservatorship, which is what Britney Spears was under. Uh, that's a very formal legal structure. And now he's saying, get rid of this. And maybe his lawyers said, this is ridiculous that this family still looks over your contracts. You're a retired 37-year-old man who, who knows what he's doing. Would you be willing to adopt me? Like, I'm a bit over 18. I've thought about it, but you're going to have to, you know, tend to some of your hygiene.
Oh, okay. can we reach a can we reach but, a agreement? But, I might have to clip the hair, get the old Charlie back with yeah, that high fade. You're my dad, so you didn't teach me all these things. <laughs> like you came, teach me how to clean my butt. I'd prefer to have you in a conservatorship. Is <laughs> okay, that is that okay? okay? I, okay. I can sign you up for one of those. <laughs> On to our next story. Fascinating story, though. This we'll we'll continue to yeah. follow this. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including Ray-Ban, Good American, and Ulta. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals. During Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th, the cash back rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for apparel and electronics, and you can save on everything you need for the summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of Big Give Week's 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Just go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. So Trump was indicted yesterday. Uh, in Georgia, he's facing RICO charges for the 2020 election interference case. The most interesting thing about this story, I thought, was this whole RICO thing. Yes. Um, that he's being charged like a mob and a mob boss. Um, that when you get all this group of people together committing crimes in concert with one another, they can all be tried sort of together. And so one of the people that is being tried with Donald Trump is going to be Kanye West's former publicist. Yeah, it, it's wild. So RICO statutes exist in every state. There's also a federal version, but they're essentially conspiracy statutes. And the allegations in this indictment are very carefully laid out about how Trump was sort of a hub of all these spokes of uh, ways to uh, overturn the election, particularly in Georgia. Now we've seen he is facing, this is his fourth criminal case. I mean, the guy's got the, the hush money case, the January 6th case, the documents case, and now the Georgia case. So I he's think, under and I think four you, criminal indictments. I think you just listed them from least sort of like perilous for him yes. to most. I think you just accidentally- You think Georgia's the most perilous, not January 6th. Apparently because of um, pardoning, you can't pardon yourself from Georgia because it's um, a state, not federal. Look at me go with my lawyer talk. Very, very good. You can only, the president can only pardon for federal crimes. A governor can pardon for state crimes. So the the Georgia governor could pardon. The crimes are just so interconnected and there's so many different players and that sort of stuff in the Georgia case that it seems harder to sort of like weasel out and find an exception. Um, I think the documents case is, uh, uh, it's less sort of, hearsay it's more like in black and white this is what happened um and there's recordings and there's right. there's, there's more evidence some of the other ones a bit more sort of like the stormy daniels one is be like ah uh, i was trying to pay off stormy daniels because i wanted to silence my wife yeah it had nothing because i didn't want my wife to find out it had I nothing to do with the, the country by by paying off one of my mistresses so yeah. so people i mean there's speculation that this one yesterday could be like the one that's the baddest news. It does feel the most specific, I will say, in terms of like, here is a a conspiracy with a very specific agenda about the votes that took place in Georgia. So I think people can wrap their head around it. When you look at January 6th, it was chaos. And, and, And yes, he was saying things on video, but it was hard to sort of anchor what went on exactly to his words. They've done a good job in the case of laying that all out, but I do think if a Republican gets in the White House, 
they'll pardon him on, on that because yeah. it's 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 a messy issue. Um, this is not as messy. This is pretty direct, like sort of evidence that he was specifically trying to overturn the results in this state so that he could change the outcome of the of the presidential election. I do agree with you. This is tr- this is a problem for him. I I think more uh, sort of troubling for him overall is the overhang of four criminal cases. He has to stand on a debate stage and convince the American public and convince Republicans first. You know, he's the front runner. But, you know, is will, he electable? Will, is he going to be is he going to be facing prison time? Will he stand on that debate stage? And even if he does or whatever, like, are any of these court cases going to like get him before he potentially gets elected? You know, I don't know if he'll stand on that debate stage. Why does he have to? He's so he, clearly he running ahead. DeSantis is dead in the water. Ramaswamy is is sort of coming up, but he's a Trump supporter. He says he'll pardon him. So he's already got sort of the young star behind him. Presumably looking to be his VP. I mean, that's what everyone yeah. is thinking about Ramaswamy. So why why should he? There's I, only I downside. Yeah. There's, there's no reason to. I don't uh, think he will. But, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know exactly how he's going to position himself. He does have to debate the Democratic nominee. He'll have right. to get on stage and make his case. But because- we'll be in the throes of all these legal cases then. Like, he'll be on the stand, like at his court case, go straight there to the debate stage, go on the stand of the debate. Yes. Like, it'll be, it's going to be like... You wouldn't believe it in a movie, and and I've thought that all throughout these this Trump age. Yep. But this is particularly like the the walls are closing in on him legally. Also, he's a great chance to be the Republican nominee, if not a, a decent chance to be president again. We could like literally have a president behind bars pardon himself to get out and and like you know I was going to say serve the country but God knows what he's doing the possibilities are sort of endless I don't think he would ultimately serve in a prison because the national interest in having our guys sit in the White House maybe they defer the sentence and say you'll serve it afterwards I don't know how that will play out but I do know that you know he is saying witch hunt he says this is a left-wing prosecutor he'll continue to bang that drum but at some point just the volume of of people and and prosecutors going after him is going to be a problem for him he's got to address all of it and he can say it's a conspiracy but it has real practical consequences on the future of the country how do you convince the the middle voters that it's okay we can vote for trump cuz he'll he'll figure this out it's but- in four, a two in a two horse race, when both the horses horses are like super super old, so old, and especially if there's like a third party like RFK or someone you know stealing votes from potentially a Democratic candidate, you it, it's Trump, very Trump conceivable. Stand, Trump stands a decent chance. You're a hundred percent right. There's a real possibility, especially with RFK ascendant. You're right. If he picks off votes, he's mostly going to pick them off from Biden. Yeah, you know he's comes from the Kennedys, so he's going to pick off Democratic votes, even though his ideas are pretty out there yeah. for the Democratic Party mainstream. But you're right. And and on a debate stage, yes, they're both old, but Trump is very vibrant. Yeah. He's very, you know, spicy on a debate <laughs> He's stage. A He's spicy tough, man. meatball, and man. And is sleepy. Yeah, sleepy Grandpa and wants spicy. wants to go to bed and have a butterscotch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> on to our final story. Tyrese is suing Home Depot, yeah. what he calls Disneyland, because a couple of his employees who happened to be Mexican, were trying to buy stuff from Home Depot using Tyrese's card. And the overzealous Home Depot lady said, no, I need to see an ID. So they called up Tyrese on FaceTime, said, "Here, here's my ID. This is my face right here. Let him like buy this wood or whatever it was. The lady said, no, you need to be in the store. That is our company policy. So Tyrese had to lug himself from home, which is only like five minutes away, I think, to to Home Depot to show his face so they could buy the whatever. Um, He's now pressing charges against Home Depot 
for filed a civil suit. He filed a civil suit. Yes, uh, tr- thinking there was some sort of racism. Um, you're a, a, a lawyer by name. Yeah. I'm not sure how <laughs> if you actually are a my bona fides. Yeah, your bona fides. What do you think about this case? Does he stand any chance? Why would he bring it? I find the case absurd on a lot of levels. So first of all, he's he's alleging racial profiling because he left the store but left his credit card and they needed to see an ID match the credit card. This sounds like a neutral policy. What, what you look for in discrimination lawsuits is are they specifically and intentionally uh, isolating you based on your race? Do they check the ID? plus the credit card of white individuals just as often? I don't know. That's a factual issue. He's going to say, uh, I've studied this and you know I've observed that they never ask for the ID to match with the credit card for white patrons. They only do it for brown and black patrons. Well, well, he said that he- would be a problem. But it, on its face, the policy has nothing to do with race. It has to do with, uh, are you using a stolen credit card or not? But, so but he, he has he, to overcome that. But he's saying, you know, basically, it's never happened to me. As a black man, it's never happened to me. And I've been going to um, Home Depot for decades now. He said he spent $10 million there in his lifetime. He's saying it was racism against the Mexican employees of Tyrese, who who are also members of this lawsuit. So they are suing along with Tyrese against Home Depot. And, And the other point he says in the lawsuit is these two guys come with me all the time to Home Depot. They're my contractors or my workers. So it's not as if uh, the Home Depot employees had never seen the three of us together. I think that's going to be a key factual point for him. I still think if a new clerk, let's say, who's never seen Tyrese in the store, there's a lot of turnover. Cashiers change all the time. Maybe she Hmm. didn't know he comes to the store all the time with them. She sees two employees and then she gets she she gets a credit card that says Tyrese Gibson. She knows Tyrese is a celebrity and that's not Tyrese. Isn't it like uh, negligent on her part to just say, all right, let's swipe it. What if the what if she thinks I don't want to be held responsible for Tyrese, uh, you know, getting stolen from, you know, if this credit card shouldn't be in their hands. I'm going to check to see that Tyrese gave it to them. Now, when he signs in on FaceTime and says, yes, I know those guys. Maybe she should give it up, but she's following her policy. She she's says also the guy being, has to be here. She's also being recorded, and you never know where recordings can go. And you, and if your boss is watching, maybe the recording, you like, you don't want to get yep. fired. Look, I want to talk I, about I, his damages too, though. First of all, he says he spent ten million over the years. In his lawsuit, he says I spent about one million over the years. Either way, it has nothing to do with the damages you ask for in a lawsuit. I, That's what I find kind of silly about the lawsuit is. What harm did you get from this incident? Those are your damages, not how much you spent. Emotional suffering, emotional suffering. Look, (laughs) I think this is a ridiculous lawsuit, but A, I hate employees who take their job too seriously. Yes. And I'm only saying that because Harvey's not listening to the podcast. (laughs) But seriously, just chill, just run it. And but two, um, what was my second point again? What if oh, she yeah. runs it and Tyrese I, storms in and says, "You ran my credit card for who? Was I here?" <laughs> yeah, right. I like that Tyrese is standing up for his employees. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I, like, there is that. That is a virtuous thing. To when do. this came out, we weren't sure who the racism was apparently against. Was it about Tyrese or was it against his employees? Now that I know that he's just being a really benevolent boss, <laughs> I kind of want him to win. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know if what the specifics of the cases, but I see someone taking their job too seriously and I see a very very nice boss who are you gonna root for in this case that's so fascinating that you take the side of Tyrese who is this huge global superstar against the poor clerk who's trying to scratch out a living and now she or she is shamed in the store with him holding a camera watching her say like sure go ahead and call the CEO I felt badly for her in the David versus Goliath Tyrese is Goliath okay, okay. Tyrese is not David okay. she's David I don't know her name but shout out to her <laughs> shout out 
her, her name is probably not David. Um, well, actually, you've completely changed my mind. I Good. Think, I'm glad. I think I'm Team Home Depot now. Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining me here today, Derek. All right. We'll see you guys here tomorrow. Bye. Yeah.